0: Welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and today we're talking about some of the simple steps that we can take to transform our health and our energy levels so that we can do the things that God has called us to each and every day with excellence and with joy. My guest is Charity Stevens. She's a longtime friend here in Waco, and she's the founder of Charity Stevens Fitness. And she went on an incredible fitness journey of her own, and it has been honestly so powerful to watch her be brave and pursue a healthier lifestyle over the past I don't know, probably it's been about 10 years or so. And now she's to the point that she, you know, is super knowledgeable about nutrition and training. I think I saw on Instagram the other day, she entered her first rowing competition and won it. I mean, she's amazing. Uh, But she went on a journey. She went from, you know, just being in a place of unhealth to the point that her doctor totally called her out on it to where she is now. And it's her job to help other people Make healthier choices and to get stronger. And she does it in such a simple and grace-filled way. If you have not already listened to part one of this interview where she shares her story, y'all, it is it is powerful. I actually, after I did that interview, I went and I pretty much told every member of my family her story and everybody I talked to for the rest of the day because I, I thought it was so powerful. So be sure. To go back and listen to that. But today we're gonna to be talking more about some of the practical steps that she took and that we can take to transform our health. So let's dive into our chat today with Charity Stevens. Hey Charity, thank you for being on the Hello Mornings podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks for coming back. You had such a great story that I wanted to bring you back because last episode, if y'all haven't listened to that, you have to go listen to it, it is so good. Charity shares her story and her journey of health and fitness, and it's amazing. And so we went into that last episode, and this time we're going to deep dive into some of those initial steps that she took and how if you're on a similar journey, it might not even be exactly the same, but if you're wanting Mm -hmm. some sort of transformation and change in your health and fitness, uh, we're going to talk about some of the practical steps that we can take to do that. So before we dive into that, though, Charity, I'd love for you to maybe just reintroduce yourself for anybody who didn't listen to the previous episode, but is going to do that like right now. But in case they don't, (laughs) go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Thanks so much for having me on. What a privilege. Uh, I love it. So my name is Charity Stevens and live in Waco, Texas, have three kiddos, uh, college age, high school age. So busy mom. I'm a Found myself several years ago in my doctor's office, um, finding out that uh, I needed to make some major life changes. Um, I'm about five five and I was over 230 pounds, and um, she just said, "Hey, you're really too young to be this stupid." Um, it was just a really, really blunt uh, conversation about changes I needed to make just to be more healthy, um, stay off medications, and 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 turn my my health around. It was starting to have some some uh, decline in different areas, and so. Um just hearing what she said, um, taking that in and processing it, um, went from never working out to uh trying to run a 5k, um, went from thinking, you know, ramen noodles were health food <laughs> <laughs> to teaching myself what healthy eating uh looked like for us uh, for me personally, but also for my family. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a process. I've fallen down more times than uh, I've gotten back up. I've had a lot of failed attempts, um, but in there, uh, the light bulb kind of went off in my head, and found some things that worked, and uh, su- successfully lost uh, about a hundred pounds um, in that process. So it's brought me to where I am today now, sharing that with other people and helping them on their journeys too.
0: I love that. And for those of you who didn't hear the last episode, I just want to reiterate. So I've known Charity for many years. And it's been really powerful to watch her on this journey because a lot of people do those big things like you did by starting out with the couch to 5K and then you were doing half marathons and then marathons and then half Ironmans. And a lot of people do those big things and then at some point they're just like, okay, I did all the big things. I'm just tired now. (sighs) And somehow you've kept going. In the midst of doing the big things, you've consistently grown, I guess, the foundation of what you're doing so that when you get to the end, you Mm -hmm. don't stop. And I just think that's so powerful and so huge. So let's just talk about a few of those starter things that got you going. I know we talked about that a little bit in the last episode, like the the doctor being super (laughs) blunt with you. Like sometimes when you tell that story, I think, like, is that, can a doctor say that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I kind of felt that way, too. I was like, did that just happen?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But what, you know, I love that it ended up, you know, she, I wonder if she maybe doesn't even normally talk like that. But she just felt this prompting to and what an amazing difference it's made in your life. Have you ever gone back and talked to her and told her? Or she? No, I need to, you know,
1: she, she um, kind of cut down her practice, started having kiddos and stuff. And, uh, just in the process of her, her busy schedule, my busy schedule, I had a friend who has a family practice in town. So I switched over to his practice, but I really do need to go back and write her a thank you card because I'm sure they see a lot of people that they try to help that maybe don't make those changes. And I'd love for her to know that, um, that, that really impacted me. And and at first, you know, my initial response was to take offense. Like what? Um, so it was kind of God teaching me in the process too of, you know, Hey, let's, Tear down those barriers. Let's not be offended, but let's respond to truth. You know, that was a very kind thing that she did. It was hard to hear, but it ended up being a very kind thing for her to say. And I think sometimes, um, you know, the kindest thing that you can do to somebody is hurt their feelings. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> so good. So, yeah, it ended up, I need to go back and thank her.
0: Wow, that's so good. I think, especially in our day and age of just trying to make everybody happy. And mm. being really careful, and it is super important to be really careful about what we say, but especially for those that we're responsible for, whether that's our kids or our loved ones or people in our lives, there is, it is the loving thing to do sometimes just to be really honest. But then also, I love how you received that. And that's something that I think we can also practice instead of being offended. Mm-hmm. You, you said, okay, maybe that wasn't the kindest way she could say it, but maybe that's how she needed to say it in order for me to hear it. Mm-hmm. and make this change. So, let's talk about a few of the starter steps that that people can take. You did the couch to 5k, but I love that you've tried different things and you have done different things and now you don't do different things. And so, let's talk about some the idea of trying something and it not working. So, maybe somebody's listening right now and they're like, "Yeah, I really want to do this, but I've tried it before and it hasn't worked." Or I've tried it before and then I kind of gave up. What would you say? About the idea of just keeping going, um, what value have you found in that?
1: Yeah, you really have to find what works for you. I, uh, oh, it's all about finding balance. It's all about finding processes that are, uh, processes that are going to work for you. Sometimes I hesitate, you know, sharing specific things that worked for me because what works for me might not work for another person. Um, and in that process, you know, I tried a lot of different things and they didn't work. Um, So it really is about finding, hey, what's going to work for me in this season and what worked for me in one season might, you know, it might've worked for three or four weeks. And then all of a sudden our life season changed, maybe soccer started or or something else started and all of a sudden it didn't work. Um, So it's a very fluid process. We love to think, uh, you know, initially when I started the journey, I thought, oh, this is going to be like skiing. I'm going to get off this ski lift. I'm going to be at the top of the mountain. I'm making this decision and I'm just going to fly down. You know, there may be a few curves, but it's all going to be forward momentum. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to drop all this weight. I'm going to look great, feel great. And I'm going to get to the bottom and be like success. You know, mm-hmm. I made it, but it was really more like kind of hanging onto a yo-yo for dear life, <laughs> a lot of ups and downs. And it ended up looking more like an EKG than a, uh-huh. a ski, ski slope. Um, so I would say, you know, find, uh, find what's going to work for you. I always tell people, Hey, a less optimal plan, that you can follow consistently is going to be way more effective than a perfect plan that you follow inconsistently.
0: Mm,
1: so, so staying, good. yeah, just staying consistent, finding what works for you, and not being afraid to fail. You know, I love. I have a friend, and she always says, "You're going to fall down, fall forward." Mm-hmm. And so just kind of keeping that in the back of my head. Um, I tend to be kind of a perfectionist. I like things to go perfectly. Um, so just saying, hey, it's okay. This it's okay to try something and it not work out. It's about the process. Really, the process
0: was the prize. So tell me a few of the things that you tried that did not work out for you.
1: Oh, wow. Let's see that long list of failures. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say fad dieting. You know, I, South Beach came out and I was like, oh, South Beach. Yes, I'm all in. You know, let's cut out all this food and do all this crazy stuff. Um, I tend to be all or nothing. Um, so fad dieting, definitely a big no, no, it just didn't work. Um, I think our culture, we love instant results. We mm-hmm. love to do these big things that we think, Oh, this is just such a really radical change. You know, and we just commit to it. Um, January 1st and, you know, here we are the first week of February and we're all throwing our new year's resolutions in the trash. Because right. They just don't work. Um, so I think for me jumping around, um, different diet, things did not work. Um, and all this initially running did not work. I hated it. I remember
0: you wrote <laughs> post-it notes to yourself.
1: <laughs> yes. I was like, in case you forget, you're not a <laughs> runner. Like you'll make it 10 steps out of your doorway to the mailbox and you will be winded and out of breath and dying. Like, don't do this. Um, so yeah, so those, uh, definitely yo-yo dieting initially running didn't work. Um, you know, a big thing that I think women do, they hear, eat less, move more, and I heard that initially, and so kind of went into a pretty extreme calorie deficit. That definitely does not work. Um, about under 1,500 calories, your metabolism slows down. So a lot of people like to drop down to that 1,200 calories, 1,000 calories, um, and it just they think, oh, I'm cutting my calories, and I'm going to move more, and it doesn't work that way. Um, so that was something that definitely didn't
0: work. Okay, because I think people are probably wondering – as you're saying this, because it is something that we hear often, what, what, what's the opposite of that? What does work if cutting our calories and moving more to that extreme doesn't work? What does work?
1: Yeah. So when you look at, um, creating healthy habits and healthy changes that are going to be long lasting over time, um, you know, you do need to create a calorie deficit. If you're wanting to lose weight, if you're wanting to gain weight, you need to increase your calories. Uh, when we look at a pound of fat, respectively, it's about 3,500 calories um, in a pound of fat. And so kind of understanding um, calories and metabolism, everybody's a little bit different. Um, but your goal is to find out kind of your total daily calorie that you burn. and um, It's called T-D-E-E, total daily expenditures of the calories. And so you find that number and then... Um, What you want to do is create a deficit of, you know, three to four hundred calories a day. Generally, is a good place to start, um, depending on where you're at. And um, for me, taking that deficit would take me below 1,500 calories. I don't want to do that because I know my metabolism is going to slow down. I'm going to start burning calories slower. Um, So that's where we add an exercise. Exercise allows us to move, which uh, in turn burns more calories, but it allows us to keep eating. So we get to eat to perform. We get to eat more calories, but we still create that
0: deficit. Mm, that's good. So where exercise comes in. So you do things that failed. Yeah. That that transition point when you decide something doesn't work, to moving on to the next thing, is kind of the place where so many of us just kind of jump off the wagon. Mm-hmm. how did you make it through those transitions or what would you say to somebody who's like, okay, I tried something. It didn't work. Where do, where do they go next? How do they keep that momentum going? Cause it does yeah. feel like a failure.
1: It is a failure and it's very discouraging. And I, I had a lot of discouraging days and a lot of just dark days, you know, if you're struggling with some depression in there and you're trying something and you get all excited and then you're like, Oh, this didn't work. It's really, really disappointing. Um, So, I'm a strategist. I love to strategize. I love data. I love looking at my behaviors and trends and patterns and stuff. So, um, you know, uh, one of the first things I did um, to help, because I'd had so many failed attempts, was I started um, a food journal. And so I started tracking everything that I would eat. And back then, we didn't have smartphones. Now it's super easy. You can just log it into MyFitnessPal or a little app. Um, but back then I had to keep a paper journal. You make old. it sound
0: like you're 60 years old <laughs> and you're younger than me. So
1: uh, technology has just advanced really fast. Yeah, that's it. That is it. <laughs> so we're really young. <laughs> I just had a birthday. So I'm feeling like I'm like, oh, the wheelchair is just right around <laughs> the corner. <laughs> um, so for me, keeping a food journal, it just helped create awareness. And I think for me, lack of awareness was kind of a stumbling point. I tend to live in the moment. I tend to have a lot of passion and I don't always connect the dots. And so for me, I would, if you had said, Hey, charity, you know, do you, or how are you doing on soda? I would have said, Oh, I have, you know, one or two a day. Well, when I started keeping a food journal, I was like, wow, I have like eight or 10 Dr. Peppers every day. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, I had a Dr. Pepper IV. I love the stuff so good. Um, I used to love the stuff. Um, so it kind of created this awareness. And uh, it kind of allowed me to separate what I was telling myself I was doing versus the reality of what Mm. I was actually doing. There was a pretty big for me, a pretty big disparity gap there. Um, So that was really eye opening. It was super helpful. Um, I could look at the data then, and then I could say, oh, oh wow, I'm drinking, you know, 10 Dr. Peppers a day. Could total that up times, you know, six or seven days a week. That's a lot of calories. That was just a really easy way. Um, for me to see what I was doing and then make some strategies and plans and develop a a plan so that my behaviors would kind of fall in line with my goals.
0: So I'm curious, when you realized the Dr. Pepper thing, did you quit it cold turkey? Did you slowly transition to something else that you enjoy? Did you just deprive yourself? What did that change look like?
1: Yeah, so I think this is where people fall off the wagon because um, when you've created an unhealthy habit or an eating pattern, you know, your body is fighting to maintain, your body has this little narrow margin of homeostasis that it's trying to maintain. And so when we do these crash diets or we go straight into deprivation, or if I would have seen that and said, Oh, I'm throwing out the Coke. be like, no more Coke. You know, your body is going to freak out. Um, your mind is going to freak out because your body is freaking out. And I think that's why a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me fall off the bandwagon and their change isn't long lasting. And I think that's why I had had so many failed attempts because, uh, just trying to radically change things. So for me, um, at this point I kind of said, okay, I need to change this gradually. So I was like, okay, instead of buying the full size cans of Dr. Pepper, I'm going to buy the mini size. So I still kept drinking eight or 10 a day, but I was drinking the mini ones instead of the larger ones. And then the next week, I was like, okay, you know, my long term goal is to not drink Dr. Pepper all the time. Um, maybe now I'll just limit it to my meals. So I can have one at breakfast when I wake up. I can have one at lunch and I can have one at dinner. So then I cut, kind of cut it back to three times a day. So my body's still getting, you know, the sugar that it's used to, uh, it's still getting those calories that it's used to. But now I'm gradually shifting it down. And then, you know, then the next week I was like, okay, now I'm only going to have a Dr. Pepper at dinner. You know, that was the big or breakfast, you know, one a day. Um, And then kind of every other day and eventually I didn't need the Dr. Pepper, but it definitely was a gradual transition. And I really encourage people, you know, we want to make these big changes when we have these revelations and we're like, Oh, i got to get there right now. But if you'll just take it slowly It'll become a lifelong lasting habit. And now I can't hardly drink this stuff. It's so sugary and so sweet. Like I'll try out like, oh, I used to love this and I'll pop one. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be sick. (laughs) I just can't do it
0: anymore. You know, as you're sharing that, it reminds me of this quote by Anthony Trollope. And I I don't know it exactly, but it's something along the lines of if a habit be truly daily, it beats the efforts of a spasmodic Hercules. Mm. And you know, that's so often what at least I do when I, you know, realize, oh, wow, I'm really eating a lot of Girl Scout cookies right now. I need to, <laughs> I need to cut back. And, you know, if I just try to be a spasmodic Hercules, then eventually it's 11 o'clock at night, everybody's in bed <laughs> and the Girl Scout cookies are just calling to me. And then mm. I just eat a box. I mean, I don't actually eat a box, but, you know, I want to eat a box. Yeah. And, and, but the idea of just making, taking all that energy and that commitment that you have to be healthier and using it to do that consistent small thing that's gonna make that lifelong change. I love that. Um, can we talk a little bit more about food journaling? Because it, you made this really big change it probably impacted your body a ton because you got rid of all that sugar, all those calories, just by eliminating one thing from your diet and that all started with food journaling. So that seems like a really simple place to start. Um, for people wanting to make a change. But I'm going to tell you something. Food journaling apps overwhelm me. Just I, mean, I don't know that they <laughs> yeah. don't have the exact brand or this isn't the same size. Yeah. So, uh, what? Tell me a little bit about food journaling. How can we do it without it feel overwhelming? What are the different ways we can track it?
1: Sure. Um, if it feels overwhelming, then pen and paper is amazing. I'm so old-fashioned. You know, I'm so old. Um, <laughs> you can always just track it with pen and paper. And so you don't get the feedback of, oh, this food is this many calories or whatever. We can add that in later. But um, that's probably the simplest um, foundational way to start is just with a pen and paper and then just you yourself evaluating. I I love the app MyFitnessPal. And I use the free version. You can get the paid version, but I personally use the free version. And I ignore how many calories that it tells me to have. You know, you have to enter in your height, and your weight and all that stuff. And it's going to give you a really low number for me for what I do for the activity and the sports and stuff that I do. So I just know when I type it in, it's going to say, you need, you know, you need this many calories. You're over too many calories. I just ignore that. Um, and I just always say progress over perfection. Um, you know, if you're, I'm kind of type A and so I like everything to be perfect. So if I'm entering a food and I can't find the right one, it used to just drive me crazy. And so I would just say, forget this. It's not working. (laughs) And now I'm like, now I'm like, Hey, you know, really the, it gives you kind of a list of all the different brands. And if you kind of look over at the calories, they're all pretty similar. And so now I'm like, ah, just pick one. It's better to just have one in there, even if it's not perfect or it's over or under a little bit, but have the information than focus on it being perfect. Oh, it's not perfect and not having the information. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of have to let that die and just try to get, you know, within a pretty good range, especially when you're first starting off. Now, when you get further down the road and you're like, Hey, I want a six pack or, you know, I want a six pack of abs
0: or I was like, you know? six pack of Dr. Pepper.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was six pack of- You know, if you're starting to fine tune, like you're wanting to do, you know, body competitions and things like that, well, then you're going to have to narrow it down. And that's when we worry about that. But initially when you're just starting off, I would just say, don't be overwhelmed. You know, try your best to not be overwhelmed and just to kind of let those things go and just try to kind of get in a general area, general range and you'll be good.
0: One thing that I found that helps me when I'm trying to food journal, I have not, I've never done it consistently. I, I've tried to and I'm still working on it, but I love the idea of it because sometimes if I'm looking at the Girl Scout cookies, I think, <laughs> okay, is it worth it for me to eat this Girl Scout cookie if I have to open my phone
1: <laughs> and yeah.
0: find that Girl Scout cookie in the app and add it in? And even that alone can, it just gives you that kind of second thought of, do yeah. I really want to? Go through the effort to eat this Girl Scout cookie. Um and, and like you said, it just makes you realize what you're eating. And so anyway, one thing that I found that helps me is that on if you have an iPhone, you can tell Siri to add to a note. So oh. what I will do is I'll say, Siri, add to food note, I ate another Girl Scout cookie at noon or whatever it out, is.
1: Ouch. Ow. Yeah.
0: And so it and then she you know, and then she's like, All right, I've added to your note. I'm like, Rawr. So anyway, so if you if you struggle with keeping a food journal, you can maybe do my little lazy way and have Siri kind of be like your accountability partner. Um, Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your morning routine. What do your mornings look like? So you're now super nutrition fitness person. So you probably, you know, we're all imagining what your mornings look like. Maybe you've (laughs) run 10 miles by (laughs) 6am, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that <laughs> me. <laughs> no, actually, I'm here for all the people who are not morning people. Uh, definitely not a morning person. I cannot stand waking up before 10. Um, but I have to, I have three kiddos. And so and I coach a lot in the morning. So my mornings are super, super crazy. If I'm getting up two or three times a week at four in the morning to meet somebody and I'd rather be sleeping in. So for me, a lot of prep and planning the night before. Um, obviously, nutrition is a big deal. Breakfast is a big deal for me now. It never used to be. But uh, I've transitioned into making that a, a high priority. So a lot of times the night before, I'll throw a smoothie or something in the refrigerator. i just kind of make it up in a mason jar and have it ready. So I wake up in the mornings. And honestly, for me, the first thing that I want to do is just set the tone for the day. And I want it to be a tone of worship and just surrender. Um, so before I even get out of the bed, um, you know my 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 alarm goes off, and I pop on a worship song, um, usually kind of on low, and I have my Bible beside the bed. and um I've working through a little devotional. And this isn't like hours and hours of God time. This is usually just like five or ten minutes of just kind of setting the tone for the day. So I'll, I'll work through that little devotional and just kind of read it and then wait on board ask if it's saying anything.. Um, and then have the worship music going. It's usually like our church or whatever. Um, And then I, my feet hit the floor and I'm running. So sometimes I just throw my hair up in a messy bun and I'm out the door, uh, grab that smoothie, eat it in the car. And I'm on my way to train somebody or teach a class. Um, Sometimes if I'm really, really, you know, go to bed early the night before, like I'm supposed to, I'll get up and shower, but usually not. Um, So my morning routines are, pretty pretty hectic pretty crazy usually training people then I get home time to see the kids off for school and uh and then I kind of sit down and plant you know pull out my journals and I'll usually journal for a little while um I usually don't like to work out before noon uh, I don't know why just because I'm not a morning person so if I'm going to go running it's going to be after dark I run late at night um uh, if I'm in a cycle it's usually going to be in the afternoon uh when I go to the gym, I hit the noon class.
0: So I tend to work out in the afternoon. I like hearing that you don't necessarily love mornings and that, oh. you know, if, if it wasn't your job or, well, your <laughs> job coaching or your job being a mom, that you wouldn't be up early. Cause I think that's something that people often think of when they think of hella mornings. Well, that just means that I need to get up early. And yeah. so I just wanted to take the opportunity to say that it's not about, getting up early. It's about starting your day with purpose and starting it intentionally, just like you just shared that you do with with that devotional, with the worship song, with starting our day with our hearts focused on the Lord. And um, so if you're listening and you think, well, I'm not really a morning person, you don't have to be. Whatever Mm -hmm. time it is that you get up and that works for you, um, then just use those first minutes to be intentional With your day, so let's talk a little bit about breakfast because if we're food journaling, because again, that's an easy place to start because we don't really need to make any changes yet, and and, you know, and I find that when I food journal, like I said with the Girl Scout cookies, I love Girl Scout cookies. I don't want to be like villainizing them. No,
1: I love them. They're good stuff. They're they're
0: great. Um, But I don't think it's any coincidence. No, I don't think it's a yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that February which is the month where New Year's resolutions go to <laughs> die, is also the month that Girl Scout cookies come out. Oh, I think I there. think they're sneaky little marketers is what I yeah, think. Everybody's yeah. done with their 30-day whatever, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. bring on the Girl Scout cookies. Okay, so if we're food journaling and we're thinking about what we're eating and breakfast is a really important way to start our day, what are some great healthy breakfasts that we can start out with?
1: Hmm, yeah, that's a good question. Um. I like to find things that are fast and convenient. And I joke that I'm a little hobbit. I have kind of <laughs> <laughs> gravitated away from the standard three meals a day. So I kind of graze all day. So I usually eat six or seven smaller meals. Um, so on mornings that I coach, I'm looking for things that are just super fast and super easy. I hate cooking. I, I feel if you are a foodie, I just I feel so bad for you because you have to like really that's, that's just hard for me. I just I don't really care as long as it just meets my caloric needs I'm happy it doesn't have to taste good yeah um it just needs to be easy and convenient those are my priorities um so I'm looking for things that I can make the night before so I'll do smoothies um HEB has these HEB blendables that are just it's just fruit in a bag and I'm like thank you Jesus uh just throw in some almond milk and go and and when I make a meal I try to make sure that it has protein um carbohydrates and a fat so that I'm eating those three macronutrients at every meal. So that meal is going to be strong in carbs. So I'll add in a scoop of scoop of protein powder, um, to balance it out. And then I'll usually add in a fat to balance it out. Like. Um, um, so your nuts are fat. So like I might blend in some cashews or some almonds or Got just it. eat them on the side in the car. Um, you know, it, you could even add an olive oil I it. That sounds gross, but it, it gets the job done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so smoothies are great. Um, eggs, I can bake eggs in my crock pot. And so sometimes I'll make like a quiche the night before and just have it baking the night before. Um, I, liked oat, I like oatmeal, so baked oatmeal works for me. Um, again, just things that are kind of fast and easy. Um, egg whites, you can actually bake in muffin tins. So sometimes I'll, um, like on Sunday, I'll just make them for the whole week. And so I'll measure out my egg whites and I'll add in like some bell pepper and some onion, a little bit of bacon, um, just things that I like that, that make it taste good. And I'll bake those in muffin tins and then I'll put them in a container in the refrigerator so I can just grab and go. I'd love to do that one too. Yeah. It's just really easy and it's convenient. Mm -hmm. So for for me on mornings when I'm having to wake up at 4am, I'm not a morning person. I need, I call it my pre-breakfast. Um, I'll have a smoothie or
0: some oatmeal or eggs. So if we're starting out, let's again, just say food journaling, and then we're starting to have a healthy breakfast. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you like to recommend is um, what we're wearing first thing in the morning to get us going. Um, And tell me, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Sure. When I first started, I hated exercise. Um, You know, I didn't do gym classes growing up, uh, didn't do PE, didn't play any sports. I honestly, God hated the idea of exercise. Um, so one of the things that I did was just to set the tone for the day. Um, you know, I, at some point in that journey, I joined a gym. I don't, I don't know why I did that, but I thought it was a good idea. And, uh, I hated going. So I was paying for this membership and I would show up and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I don't like this. And then I wouldn't go for two or three weeks. But I was like, this is a healthy habit that I need to develop. You know, I want my heart to be strong. I want my cholesterol to go down and I need to incorporate exercise. So I would set out the night before all my workout clothes. And when I would wake up, I'd put on, I'd get dressed from head to toe, put my hair up in a ponytail, put my workout clothes on, put my tennis shoes on. And, it, and for me, once I was dressed like that, I was like, there's just no question. I'm going to the gym. And so that kind of helped me um, just... Gave me some, you know, just some physical mental cues that you're you are going to the gym, you are gonna work out today. And I kinda had this rule with myself, like I could not take these clothes off until I had done a workout. And so it mm. just helped in the beginning um to set the tone for the day.
0: It's like clothing accountability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It worked. So I like that too. I actually do that. I know that's not necessarily realistic for everyone if you get up early and have to go straight to work or sure. even even if you wake up and put on those workout clothes and do or sleep in workout clothes and just do 10 jumping jacks in the morning whatever it is just having that cue i am choosing to be active today or wearing those and then putting on your fitbit to kind of track how much you're moving that day and i have been known with my fitbit <sighs> to get ready for bed, and then run around my bathroom, you know, which is not large. So basically running in place because I need to get across, you know, the 10,000 step mark or whatever mark I've set for myself for that day. Uh, And so, you know, just even if that first clothing choice in the morning can just remind you to put on your Fitbit or do those little things that can build those habits, it can be really powerful. Um, okay, well let's talk about another thing because we all have the energy to 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 get started a lot of times. We don't always know what to do, but now you've given us a few great ideas. When it gets hard, we need accountability. We need community. How has that impacted you and how can we find that?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say accountability and community were huge pieces of the puzzle in helping me um be successful. Uh initially for me, I just joined our local family, YMCA. I really didn't know where else to go. And at that time, Waco didn't have a lot of gyms. It was still developing. Now there's like a gym on every corner.
0: Um, Because back then there were like horses crossing (laughs) the road, you know, back when we were younger. Sorry. Yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, my gosh. Um, So, yeah. So I joined the YMCA. And um up until that point I was really, really isolated. I honestly didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of relationships. And that was kind of a trend too growing up. We moved around a lot. And so we didn't um we had each other. There were a lot of us, but we we didn't necessarily have a lot of friends. And so I was pretty isolated. So I remember walking into the gym and I remember just I think I was in a really desperate place. And I remember saying, This is my moment. Like if I'm gonna change at And make change. Like, I'm going to have to change my behavior and do different things because what I'm doing isn't working. And so it was a little class, and we had these little step benches. And I set up my bench, and there was a a girl standing beside me. And I was the largest lady in the room, honestly. And not that we want to get into comparing ourselves, but I was very insecure about that. And the lady I set my um, bench up next to was just tall, gorgeous, like double zero, just looked like a model. And I just remember thinking, Oh my gosh. And feeling kind of the sense of shame. And I remember stopping at my tracks and saying, no, I, this is the new me. The new me is an initiator. The new me is like, this is my moment. This is my gym. I belong here. And I walked mm-hmm. up to her and I was like, my name's charity Stevens. Like I'm here on my fitness journey. I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. Like what's your name? I love and, it. <laughs> and it just like, I, that's not really my personality. I tend to have a little social anxiety and, but I just, something in me was just clicking and, um, We ended up becoming best friends. Like to this day, we still do all of our races together, a lot of our races together. And um, we kind of rope each other into each other's adventures. But she became uh, an accountability partner for me. And um, I would show her my food journals and Mm. I would get just tips and tricks from her. She had been a coach before I'd coach some cycling classes. And so just a really sweet, sweet friend. The instructor and instructors at gyms, if you don't know where to go and you can join a gym instructors love to help people, they love to share what they know. And um, I remember going to the instructor again, a little cheerleader is super intimidating um, because of my insecurities, not because she was intimidating. Uh, but I remember just going up to her boldly and saying, I'm in your class. Here's where I'm at. Uh, it's it's going to be vulnerable. This is embarrassing for me. Um but, you know, I'm here to learn. And she every week she would throw out little tips and tricks. <laughs> One of them was uh, and this is just to tell you where I was at. She said, um, now, make sure you're eating a carb before you work out so that you'll have energy to work out. You know, we don't want anyone passing out. So make sure you eat, eat before you come eat, eat some carbs. And I remember going to the grocery store and getting Pop-Tarts because I knew that was <laughs> a carb. Like I didn't really know what carbs were, but I knew that Pop-Tarts were a carb. And I was looking for ones that said with real fruit and I was so proud of myself. And I put them in my gym bag, you know, standing in between Miss Whole Foods and Miss Trader Joe and I have my pop tarts, you know, but that's where I was at. And (laughs) the vulnerability though of being able to say, Hey, this is where I'm at. Yeah. It's embarrassing, but you don't know what you don't know. And in that space, I was able to be helped and, um, and taught, and I, I learned so much from that class experience. And they, again, she's one of my best friends. We're still, we're still really good buddies. So if you can find a gym, um, a lot of uh, there's a church here in town. There's actually two churches here in town that have gyms. One of them's free. Um, First Baptist Woodway has a little free gym and a walking track, and I think that's really just fantastic. You know, if you can find a church that has some sort of fitness program, there's another church downtown. That I think they have, have a a sliding scale membership or it's extremely affordable and they actually have a swimming pool and gym equipment. Um, so if you can find a church, maybe that offers a fitness program or a neighbor, maybe that's in the same boat that wants to get healthy, that you can walk together. Um, definitely having accountability, accountability helps. I, I know I, at that point I, I started to want to go to the gym a little more often because I knew they were going to call me if mm-hmm. I didn't show up and I didn't like that.
0: That's so good. And and I think once you start going and you develop those friendships, it becomes more fun to go because you <laughs> yeah. feel less outside and you feel inside. Yeah. Um, I feel like as I've been listening to you, that there's one kind of overall thing that possibly is a huge key to your whole transition. And that is just vulnerability and humility. When your doctor was super blunt and possibly offensive you received that in a very humble and vulnerable way and you were willing to say okay she's right instead of being defensive you were humble and you received it when you went to the gym instead of just choosing to to think about yourself and your own fears and insecurities you were vulnerable and humble and you said this is just actually where i am and i just want to learn and grow and i wonder if really that is a key to your stability in this whole process, just that willingness to learn and that teachability. And that's something that, you know, as we wake up in the morning, we can be like, God, I really want this journey to last. I really want this transformation to be real. Will you make me teachable? Will you make me humble? Will you make me willing to be vulnerable so that change can happen? Um, Charity, if there is one more encouragement that you might give to people, whether it's a super practical tip for them to start their journey or um a word of encouragement or whatever what would what would you want to share with people listening
1: wow um yeah that's always such a hard question like to narrow it down to one thing because there's so many things you want to say um, you know i think like i said last time finding one thing that you can do just really focusing on the next step that's in front of you i think is really key i think we get overwhelmed when we look at the big picture and we have so far to go so i mm-hmm. think always encouraging people hey just find one thing that you can do today. Again, you know, my friend who says fall forward, I think that was so important for me because I did fall down a lot. Um, and then I think lastly, just comparison brings death. And so I know for me in the process, you know, talk about being insecure and whatnot, um, or like at the why, you know, you really wanted to compare yourself and compare your journey with other people's. And, you know, I like to say comparison brings death. So really just focusing on your process and, and who you are and building yourself up with who you are in Christ. And, um, yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, but.
0: no, that's great. I think, that, <laughs> I think that's huge, really, because those are the most intimidating situations for us to walk into. And so if we're just thinking, OK, this is my journey and I'm going to focus on my journey, um, then, you know, that, that brings about that humility and that vulnerability. Uh, where can people f- find you online, Charity? Sure. So right now I have
1: uh, Instagram, Charity Stevens Fitness. Um, Facebook, Charity Stevens Fitness, um, in the process of maybe putting up a website. It's not ready yet. So, those two places.
0: Awesome. And can I just say, you're rocking the Instagram. I'm really enjoying oh, what you're thanks. sharing. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Ooh, I didn't know that. And for those of you who might, you know, have followed people on social media that do fitness stuff, sometimes I don't always enjoy that because I'm like, oh, I don't want my kid to see that picture as I'm scrolling through <laughs> because it's somebody, you know, in a whatever. Um, Charity shares really great, interesting. Just tips and ideas and information, and you don't have to fast scroll past anything. It's all good. So I highly encourage you just, you know, you're on your phone probably right now listening to this podcast, so just open Instagram and go follow Charity, what what did you say it was again? Charity Stevens Fitness?
1: Charity Stevens Fitness,
0: and that's Stevens with a ph. I guess Stevens yeah. is always Stevens ph. Stevens with
1: a ph. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, it ever yes. anything else? It's the British way. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Uh, well, Charity, thank you so much for joining us today on the Hello Morning's podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Kat. All right. Bye, bye. Bye. Okay, I think you can probably tell, but I love love talking to Charity. About this stuff because she has such an incredible story and at the same time so much wisdom that she can impart to us. So we're actually going to take this a little bit next level and we're going to be doing a live workshop. And in this live workshop, we're going to help you build your fitness routine. And we're going to start off super simple, just like we do with Hello Mornings, a very simple starter habit that you can do in just one to five minutes. And then we're going to talk a lot about the myths that we think about Working out and about fitness and about our energy levels. And we're going to help you build a solid morning or really any time of day (laughs) workout routine. And then we're going to show you how to build a goal routine. And we're just going to take you through the whole process. So if you are feeling like, oh, yeah, I used to work out, but I haven't in forever, or I really want to increase the energy level that I have, I really want to be healthier, this live workshop is for you. So just go to hello mornings.org forward slash move. And we're going to be having this in about two weeks, two, three weeks. Actually, you should look at the calendar in just a couple of weeks. So head over there, sign up, and we will send you all the details about it. And I would love for you to join us because, like I said, it's live. So in the process of this workshop... We're not just going to be talking the whole time. We're actually going to be having you do stuff so that you will join us for the workshop. And by the end of the workshop, you're going to have this super practical plan for your health and for your fitness. And we're also going to be doing Q&As and answering your questions and all that stuff. So definitely come join us for that. Again, go to hellomornings.org forward slash move, and you can sign up to get notified with all the details about that. And I hope you'll join us.
1: this time for you I bow before the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with His grace His grace and
0: sweet new mercy My thoughts. Obey Jesus to
1: walk in his way by his spirit with each breath that I take.
0: It's feeling like a God day. Mm-hmm. This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or Jenstanbro.com.